Hello, welcome to Entertainment Marketing Confidential. This is a podcast where we're going to talk about all things related to entertainment and brands. We are your hosts. I'm Daphne. I'm Craig. And we are joined by our producer, Eric. Hello. Today, we want to take some time and introduce ourselves, you know, give you some background on who we are and why we're doing this podcast. Hello, I'm uh, Craig. I work for Pentmark. We uh, help producers navigate the brand space. We are hired by productions to facilitate their various needs throughout the course of pre-production principal photography. Super interesting. Because I work on the exact opposite side of that coin. You don't say. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into that later. I'm Daphne. I work with a company called Propaganda Gem. We are a global entertainment marketing company where Craig helps productions navigate brands. We sit, as I said, on the other side of that coin. We help brands tell their story through entertainment. So you guys kind of, you complement each other and that's why you work together. Here, I thought it was just our personalities, but yeah, it's true. Yeah. Like, yes. I, I, I'm hired by brands to work on any production or any entertainment opportunity. And I'm hired by producers to do the same on the other side of that. We'll client. find brand so, partnerships. Yeah. Yeah. Work with brands, work with agencies. What, um, what comes first, chicken or the egg? Like, do brands come forward wanting to find scripts to fit, or do scripts come forward trying to find brands to fit? Both. Ooh. Good okay. Question. Good question. Yeah. Do you think what came first? Because you think inherently all brands have a story to tell, and well, a script or an event. You know, every entertainment opportunity has a story to tell, and I think they both just sort of appeared at the same time. It's just matching. Right. It's like the the brand is looking for the story, whereas the story, the movie, is looking for maybe authenticity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, productions always productions want their their stories, their films, their TV shows to look and feel as real as possible, and that's where the brands come in. That's where we come in. We we work with both sides to make their uh, their creative vision yeah, and it's become a reality. And I'm saying it's that dynamic is how Craig and I ended up knowing each other. I started at a studio, but then after a couple of years, I moved over to Propaganda. And at the time, he was over and could work with all the agencies and brands. And then as an agency, I had a roster of brands that could work with any studio or network. And I was assigned to So right at the very beginning, I mean, I've worked with Craig almost two decades. Yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't catch that. How long? Two decades. Almost 20 years. (laughs) You old. (laughs) Actually, I started when I was three, so I'm not that That's old, true. Though. We met in daycare. Yeah. They were hiring <laughs> toddlers back then. Now it's different. There's um, a child labor joke in there. That's not funny. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's how we ended up together because it's sort of the yin and the yang. Yeah. That's what I was thinking, the yin and the yang. <laughs> <laughs> which one's yang? Which one's yin? <laughs> I have no idea. We ask that a lot. I'm the, chi- um, I'm the chicken. So Which she's... leads us to, you know, why now are we doing a podcast? At the beginning, we mentioned it was Entertainment Marketing Confidential. And if you ever see this in writing, Entertainment Marketing's abbreviated. Um, We joke at Confidential. (laughs) But part of it is uh, on Instagram, you're 
limited to the number of characters you could use, and that's sort of where we went with the abbreviation. <laughs> Plus, Eric made a really cool-looking graphic thumbnail for us, yeah. and we appreciate oh, that. <laughs> and, it, and it rolls off the tongue nicely. <laughs> Entertainment Marketing Confidential. It kind no, of it, keeps it more confidential with the abbreviation, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. So why this podcast? Oh, wait. Why now? Entertainment Marketing Confidential, E equals MC squared. There's, so some just, there's, something, there's something here. Something about yeah. mass and yin and yang and eyebrows. <laughs> I don't know. So... Well, why a podcast? You know, before we started this, we talked about this quite a bit. You know, what we do, I mean, we obviously find it fascinating. Uh, we've been doing it a very long time. Um, and in that time, it, it's just, I'm approached quite a bit from students, from publications, and now my daughter asking, what is entertainment marketing? What do you do? How do I do this? And, you know, I, I've always, my dream job was to be a professor, to somehow educate people on how this works would be great. And the hope hopefully we could probably get rid of some of the misconceptions. That's one of the things we also talk about a lot. There's a lot of people who claim to be experts or how this works and how this works is often misunderstood. And I think there's myths and just, it's just misconceptions. So hopefully we could clarify a lot of how the process really works and hopefully give those 25 marketing students or production students a foundation in the brand space. You know, even when we've talked about this, if you're a production major, you're a screenwriter. Even if you're in production, not a marketing major, you really need to understand what brands could bring to the table. And it's not, you know, they're not there to mess up your story. They're not there to stop the action of their story. When used properly, brands help tell your story. And we'll get into that much deeper in you know future podcasts when we talk about product placement and why you should be interested in doing it. What were, what were your guys' majors, by the way? Is it like, it, you don't have to be like a major for entertainment marketing, right? Like you guys, I think, kind of followed your own path to get here. Yeah, definitely. I, my major was telecommunications with uh, emphasis in TV and video production. That was the closest thing to a film major they had. So I knew that I wanted to get into the film industry. I just wasn't sure exactly where I was going to get into that industry and at the time I didn't know about entertainment marketing or product placement or anything like that so uh, when I ended ended up getting into um, the film business I sort of learned as I went from the ground up so it was a it was a great experience for me it was almost like going to school again in a lot of ways similar I feel like I I trained myself to some degree in college I studied marketing and international business so from the brand perspective my major was on point, but I knew I knew I liked entertainment, and I was partial to film at the time because um, I grew up with you know parents who loved cinema, etc. And when I moved to Los Angeles, not knowing how, who, what, you know, my first job was in corporate audit. I was awful, but what I appreciated about it, it was corporate audit at a studio. So I got to see co-op advertising. I got to do production audits. And I felt like it really gave me a good sense of the business side of making movies. <clears throat> and then from there, I went into the temple, which I wish they still had that. And I said, I want to learn more about production. So I was in production administration. I was in the story department. And one day I covered a Christmas party for productions and I never left. <clears throat> so I feel like I taught myself production, whereas I had the brand experience. You know, thankfully, I had these early opportunities that just taught me that this type of career was out there. And when my boss started working on a film called Random Hearts, that's when I started engaging with the 
production resources department. And that's when I met someone by the name of and he was looking for an assistant and I don't know how or why, maybe he was drunk that day, but he hired me. Um, <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I do nothing without you. Um, but same kind of thing. Like we sort of, I think that's what's so exciting about what we do is it's not like, oh, sorry, accountants. You know, I study accounting. I do audits. I do taxes. I think what's so exciting about what we do is you get into a studio or like when you arrived at like you learn so much you know there's so much to learn if you have the initiative to learn it mm-hmm. and absolutely just to give a compliment craig worked for who has since passed but she was absolutely absolutely an icon in our space and in the industry and i think where we both were very very lucky is you know all those people we worked for like we knew it was a gift working for them and we learned so much from them and then even you know moving over to propaganda i mean working with for so long you know mm-hmm. what we do is so specialized it's like every day we're in grad school or we're getting our phd in entertainment marketing i mean what i learned on the job from him about promotions and branding and production and how to handle kind of that brand culture there's no way you could learn that in school no i mean every every project every brand every producer they're all different they all have a different way of looking at things a different process uh different wants and needs so yeah it's that's one of the great things about it too is that it always stays fresh because every project is brand new and you all you always get a new set of challenges whether it's time constraints money uh you know you name it crazy ass talent yeah yeah it's never the same it's never been the same the same project or experience twice so that's that's kind of that's great because you know a lot it's of, new it's fresh a like lot of every, jobs can get stale not here no i've been here 20 years and i feel like i've had 10 jobs mm-hmm. you know it's funny it's like craig and i spent a lot of time traveling together on very long flights to china or europe and you know we've had a lot of these philosophical conversations and i think that's part of what drove the idea of a podcast is you know how do we share some of this background and give listeners that just a basic foundation of entertainment marketing. Um, again, I think it's misunderstood. It's misused. Um, it's 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 an art. Yeah. It can be a science. And I think a lot of the soul of what we do and the magic of what we do, some companies try and replicate it like it's buying some boring-ass print ad. And that's not what we do. It's magic. Can you guys give an example each? Um, uh, uh, Daphne from the side of a brand looking for a story and Craig looking from the side of a movie looking for a brand to... to boost their their authenticity and boost their story just something you've each done professionally that said hey this movie was looking for this and so i got them this product and daphne to you like hey this product wants this kind of image and so that's why i got them in this movie i got a great one a thousand years ago when i was at they were prepping charlie's angels the drew barrymore version and that was when i was sort of pre-production on charlie's but then as that started to go and we were filming, as we got towards release, I was moving over to propaganda. And what was fantastic about being a bystander to that is you had a film, three strong, powerful, beautiful women. Um, and it's Charlie's Angels. It's iconic. Meanwhile, it, over at Propaganda, Nokia was launching a new line of phones. Uh, God, was it Lamore? I can't think of the the name of the line but 
the positioning really was on point with strong women, fashionable, powerful, and sexy. And I mean, come on. I mean, Trey's Angels was the perfect match. So it was interesting to watch just how natural that integration was. And one of my favorite scenes is where Cameron Diaz is kicking someone's ass and she has that phone and answers it. But it was perfect. It was like the perfect phone, the perfect launch, the perfect characters, the products were used seamlessly. And Nokia, oh, I mean, they supported it with a huge promotion. And it, to me, it was just perfect because it was just the perfect match of character and brand. And it moved both brand stories forward. Because I think the angels with their commitment to technology and the accessories they use, I think Nokia was the perfect partner for them as well. Nice. Craig, do you have one? Um, no. <laughs> just no. Because sure. I shoot coffee all over everything. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, there's been a lot of, I mean, there's just a, a lot of instances of that. I mean, the point of most productions needing product is not just to help them reduce their cost, but also to lend credibility to their their, pro, their project or the characters. I mean, uh, one example that comes to mind was uh, we worked on a film called and I was tasked with securing a ton of toys for Santa's workshop. And they could have easily done generic toys that, you know, the elves had built out of wood and whatever, just kind of basic stuff. But they wanted it to be a cool-looking shop. They wanted to have real toys that kids were really going to ask for and could really get. And so I think that gave, that added to the, the feel of the workshop that, they're making stuff that people in the real world can actually buy and actually give their kids as presents. So it, you know, seeing the final product, it actually, it did feel like that. It looked like that. And there was tons of stuff that most of them were the hottest toys that were going to be out that year. And so, yeah, it, it just, that's good timing. Yeah. Yeah. I think it added to the authenticity of the, not just that. I have a question for him. So scene, one of my but, favorites, by the way, I talk over Craig a lot and I'm sorry. And it's what's a horrible that? I'm habit. Sorry, I didn't catch that right? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> But one of my favorite integrations or projects that you worked on is Beer Fest. We love Broken Lizard. By the way, Broken Lizard is the foundation of our friendship, Super Troopers. So when they did Beer Fest, obviously when that script came over, I'm like, whatever they want, anything they want. But one scene that just absolutely kills me that I love with the rim of a cases, because you had that German beer drinking team. And yeah. the fact they use like these gorgeous, you know, German made briefcases with their cash in it. And it's so random, but it would have been a different scene if it would have been a Samsonite. Sorry, I have Samsonite bags too. I love them. But for this scene, the fact it was a German, like that iconic case just killed me. And it made it, it was funny, but in a, it didn't change the qualities of the case. It's not the case that made it funny. It's just these guys carrying it. So I thought that was a really good placement. Yeah, well, along along those same lines, I mean, the, uh, the beer brand that I ended up for that was Spaten, which was the official beer of Oktoberfest in Munich. And that's where the there film you go. took place. It wasn't shot there. but And we'll get into that because it's yeah. important like for uh, a production to have clearance and permission to use some of these brands. But mm. don't want to spoil future chat sessions with you, but we'll be covering that later. Yeah, we want to keep you hanging on there. So <laughs> just stick with us. It's, right? it's interesting because like as I'm listening to you guys, um, it's like left brain and right brain both need each other, right? Like you have the filmmaking, which is the... <laughs> I mean, no, you have, you have the films, you have the stories, which is the creative side, but then you have the cost-effective side, you have the authenticity side, you know, kind of the, the calculating side, and you both need each other, and that's kind of how Agreed. the dynamic. Agreed, and we'll, again, I, I, we really want to do a deeper dive into this and just really talk about 
product placement and brand integration. Um, having been on both sides and worked closely with brands and having worked for a filmmaker, it's interesting the resistance sometimes from a content creator to brands. And I think part of that resistance comes from um, brands being forced into their space. And one of the reasons that I really, really wanted to work for Propaganda and work with that team is the deals, looking at Charlie's Angels, looking at Swatch and Godzilla, and look, looking at some of their earlier kind of benchmarks, everything was very natural. Um, if it didn't make sense, they didn't want to do it. And I thought that was such a, a key. And what's unfortunate is there's times where either a partnership department or a filmmaker maybe has a brand he likes. Like people just feel like everyone's all up in their business trying to tell them what to do. So going back to my point earlier, if I could somehow have a message for young filmmakers or content creators and writers and people who are going to be entertaining me for the next couple of decades, don't be afraid of the brand space because when done properly, brands are there to enhance the story you're trying to tell. They're not there to stop the action of the story you're trying to tell. Is there, can, can you guys like point out a specific instance in movies where like it did take you out of it? Like this brand doesn't belong here. That's All the time. Do. Sure. I'm trying to think of a way to, ah, something about Mary. When Matt Damon is drinking, is it Miller? I can't remember the beer. He touches it. He touches it. He yeah, never that. drinks it. Is Matt Damon in that movie? Oh, <laughs> they look almost identical. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Entertainment Marketing Confidential. So there's times where, I mean, but again, it, the only reason I noticed that is because of my profession, but there's times where there's a certain, what, there's a very famous franchise and a couple of movies ago, I'm sitting in a theater and a train carrier of VW Bugs goes by and I'm like, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? It was so bad, I left. I thought the, the timing was just right. <laughs> But, you know, I'm glad that I can still watch content and appreciate it as, you know, as, as an audience member versus it's my career. And there's a there's a lot of incidents where you're watching something. You're like, what? What Whoa. the hell? Wait, well, my child will go, oh, they paid for that. First of all, they probably didn't. But it, it, it's interesting. So there's a lot of I believe in disruptive marketing and changing sort of how people communicate. But don't disrupt my content. Don't put your damn ad before I'm trying to watch a YouTube cat video and do not interrupt me being in the middle of the movie with your brand bullshit. Brand should be woven in in a way that's natural and drives the story, not stops the story. Cause it's like that to me, I resent them. If you put an ad before my YouTube video, oh, nope, I will never buy you ever. And but, same thing with movies. Like, whoa, get your bullshit off my but, screen. But putting an ad before a YouTube video uh, is a lot different than putting it in the YouTube video. Because I sort of expect to be communicated well, yeah. towards around content. Yeah. And I think it's people, there's that idea of, we'll get into this, you know, sharing your message in content. I mean, that's our careers. That's, you know, I've done it for 20 years. But there's a way to tell these stories, communicate with your customer, and do it in a way that makes their... We're gonna talk. We're gonna say film a lot because just to keep it simple, it, it makes that movie going experience better. Mm. It enhances the content. There's that authenticity. It just it's a more rich experience. And there's other times where it feels like I don't know, doctor with cold hands. It's just wrong. Well, yeah, I, I think I think it it's harder for brands sometimes to 
separate what they've traditionally done as far as advertising goes when it comes to entertainment. That's why entertainment marketing is such a an interesting space, and that's why there are agencies like Propaganda and Pentmark that help brands navigate that space, and also productions, because you don't want to sell to your customers in content the same way you do in a traditional sense. But it's funny, now you think stockholder accountability and sort of brand ROI expectations, yada, 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 they like they expect, oh, you know. Well, yeah, how much How much am I getting out of this Exactly, they expect thing? like it's a rate card. And to me, I, you know, Madison Avenue, you're not going to like me, but I just find that traditional model of advertising boring, and it should be on CBS. Like, it's just not... You know, no. Well, not to mention the the blowback from bad placements and bad <sighs> integrations is much more damaging, I think, than. But on the doing flip side, more subtle. I like when a brand. It's still a fucking movie. Have some fun. You know, like I. There's no like. You know, we'll talk about it a little bit more. You know, we joke that. I mean, that concept of product placement's been around forever, and it sort of really grew into its own. I Well, maybe because I really started watching movies in the 80s, but I didn't notice that shit until the 80s. But you look at the 80s and 90s and some of the risks you know, brands would take, now everyone's playing it safe. And I don't know if it's budget cuts, they're afraid of losing their jobs. But you know, when a brand just leads in going, it's a fucking movie, you know, let's have some fun with this. I mean, there's a way to have fun and not damage your brand because the audience is smarter than you think. They know this is a movie. Suspend disbelief. The other guys. The Prius placement. Who approved that? But it's so damn funny and memorable. But did it really change how I viewed Priuses? No. I thought, to me, I appreciated the... the, I mean, let's face it. It's a Prius. I mean, it's not sexy. It's not interesting. You see a ton on the freeway. I think they're sexy. Well, you would. (laughs) (laughs) I prefer a Kia. The Honda. Um, But for me, I honestly, I looked at them differently after that movie. I'm like, oh my God, you actually have a sense of humor and you don't take yourself too seriously. And to me, it improves sort of the brand image. So I don't know. How, how do you handle, how do you handle like say a movie? Um, let's see recently the movie uh, Black Klansman. How, how would you handle um, like clan members handling bread? They must drive cars. They must drink beer. Like how does a brand handle that? Like that seems like you don't, a, you don't, you just don't give them any. They Correct. stay far away from us. <laughs> well, also that sure. was period. So it's different. And there's a difference between clearance. And sometimes, you know, brands are a part of, let's say, what do you want to say? Like uh, unpleasant I that, situations, I but there's also but here taking a different turn with that question. A common brand requirement is we want no bad guys. Oh, fuck, man. I just sit and wait for that one because I go, oh, okay. So Ocean's Eleven would have been a no. Hmm. Wait, what? No. We love Clooney. We love Brad Pitt. Uh Uh-huh. Correct. But they're all bad guys. They're thieves and liars. Listen to the trailer. And it's reasonable to say, we don't want it hacked. We don't want it stolen. We don't want to use as a butt plug. You know, we want products used as the way they're intended. <laughs> I've never had that come up. But. It's amazing what comes up with a vibrating phone. But anyway, okay. but the point being, you know, those are reasonable asks. But it's the job of the agency to go, I'm telling you, hangover. To this day, probably my favorite script I've ever read. Absolutely loved it from day one. I'm in. Same with um, Cloverfield. All in. I knew nothing about Cloverfield. Fuck no, these are great. I'm in. But 
it's my job to talk to the client and say, look, your opinions are valid. I get that. You, oh, and it's really bad now with the internet and everyone thinking they're an expert in Hollywood. Um, you're not, just FYI. Um, we know everything being made. We've read billions of scripts. We know all the players. And it's our job to be two to three years ahead of our brand partners. And to guide them to say, yeah, don't touch this. Nope. Or say, trust me. And I'm never going to forget our, our phone client at the time. The client manager goes, I understand none of this, but I'm going to gamble on Daphne. I trust her. Well, thank you. Because, but that relationship of, no, I know what I'm talking about. Um, so those situations do come up. Like, uh, you don't ever want someone, well, we'll talk about this more in placement. Like, you don't want someone drunk driving your car um, or whatnot. But or, anyway. Or underage people drinking your alcohol. That's another no. huge Yeah, there's just certain like, things that are like, like tobacco, firearms. Like, there's certain yeah. no-fly zones. Mm-hmm. But some things where it's historically appropriate um and there's a difference between clearance and there's a difference between you know there's a way to help productions without being insulting to just in general (laughs) or offensive like there's a way to navigate that but again this is why you have an agency this is why i have a job is to help brands kind of get around those tricky situations and that's why we work with people like Craig. i mean that's his job like he's a production going yeah, no, you can't do that with a cell phone. Oh my God. Like I was on a film where they're like, um, we may or may not have blown up an airplane detonating with a phone. I'm like, fuck. But going back to your audience is smarter than you think. Like we understand shit happens. You made one bad phone, it blew up, who cares? And then we also know there's certain brands that ISIS tends to use that I'm not gonna say out loud because no one really needs to know that. But that's not what we're about. Like we want to find those opportunities where it's, just a good story and we have the perfect brand to make that story better because that's a better brand story to be in a natural setting with someone amazing using it but we'll cover that in the next episode i did want to ask um is there ever a problem with um talent is are there yes. talents oh that, sure yeah yes. are there talent that like yes uh, i don't want to use this oh, no, brand we'll cover or this that later okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should say we're going to cover a lot of stuff later and then never cover it. Right. <laughs> I'm going to just put that out there. We'd start talking and yep. don't hold us accountable. Do you so, guys consider talents brands themselves? Because now in the age of the influencer and We'll get media, into that. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot we're going to get into. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I, I guess this is a good transition then to what is the rest of the podcast looking like? Yeah. So do you want to... We'll, we'll touch on... So basically, you know... As we said, we just want to give anyone who's listening to this just that basic foundation of entertainment marketing. Um, and once everyone sort of understands where we're coming from, we just want to talk about all things related to the entertainment space where it's brand culture, where brand culture and entertainment meet. That's what we're going to talk about. And then how we define entertainment. Well, if you watch it on a screen of any kind and you find it entertaining, we're going to talk about it. Uh, future episodes, we're going to talk about the players. Like you're, you know, when we talk about talent or a producer who's making these decisions, mm-hmm. we'll talk more about product placement, you know, brand integration, pretty much anywhere where those that brand and entertainment meet. And in each episode, we really want to talk about the different perspectives. Um, I'll try and stay on point with sort of that brand perspective, and then Craig's obviously an expert with where productions, like how they see things. 
And if anyone ever has any questions about any of this, feel free to email us. It's info at propagandagem.com or info at pentmark.com. Okay, so I guess on that note, I'm Daphne. I'm Craig. And this is Entertainment Marketing Confidential. Bye.